Well, praise the Lord, everyone. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord again this morning. We greet you from the great, wonderful state of Wisconsin. The cross is the city we're at. We're excited about what God is doing this morning. Amen. We pray that you are blessed of the Lord. Amen. There's nothing and not anyone like our God. He is great and greatly to be praised. I want to start this morning with prayer. Amen. And I pray that you and your family and loved ones would join with us this morning. Begin to call upon the name of the Lord for your situation, whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through. Amen. Maybe you're a little discouraged this morning. I don't want you to be discouraged. I want you to be encouraged. Our God. Amen. That God that you've told everybody about that was able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. I've come to tell you today that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Uh, God, I praise you again this morning. Uh, Jesus, I know that you are the able one. You are the kind one. You are the lovely one. And I know, Father, that you can do all things, uh, and there is nothing impossible for you to do, Jesus. Uh, you can just speak the word this morning, O oh God, and there will be peace that passes. All you speak the word, and there will be healing, O oh God. Uh, there will be strength, O oh God, in every place. There will accomplish that which you promised to do, O oh God. I pray for people on the other side of my voice this morning. Would reach down, oh Lord, like never before today in every situation, every household. I plead your blood upon every family and loved one this morning. Uh, I pray, God, right now and ask you, Lord, that you would be the comforter upon those that are lonely, a friend uh, to those that are friendliness today. Oh God, I pray that you would reach down, Lord, and touch as only you. Uh, can reach down, oh God, I pray that I know you can build up. Uh, I know, God, you can strengthen uh, the feeble needs. You can unstop the deaf ears. You can make the dumb tongue to, to talk, the blind eyes to see. Uh, oh God, work a miracle. Uh, work your spirit. Work your power, oh God. Uh, we look to you today. Go into every hospital, every nursing home, oh God, uh, every mental ward, oh God, uh, and every military barracks and base today, oh God, uh, all over the globe, in the hospitals today, uh, oh God, in every home today, uh, I'm asking you, oh God, to let your wholeness flow. Uh, touch our president today. Touch his cabinet. Root out wickedness. Uh, root out evil before our nation and our people today, oh God, uh, all over the globe, oh God, uh, and to the back jungles of Africa today. Uh, pray that you would touch, O oh God, and uh, the Cayman Islands today, and uh, the Pacific Islands today, in the Asian region today, O oh God, in the Africa region, in the European region, uh, O oh God, in the Soviet Union today, and China today, O oh God, uh, Canada, all over the world, God, let your spirit, let your power go forth. God, I pray for the nation of Israel today. Lord, that you would touch her, that you would strengthen her, lift them up, God. I pray. 
I pray, God, today that you would find this virus uh, in the name of Jesus. But let your perfect will be accomplished, Lord. Let your perfect will be done uh, in every situation, oh God, in every place. Uh, whatever you desire in this thing, God, uh, I know that your way is always the best way. Uh, and I know that all things do work together for good uh, to them that love God, to them who are the called uh, according to your purpose, God. I know your word cannot fail. Uh, I know that you are able, Lord, and I thank you again this morning, Lord. Uh, touch my family. Touch my children, my grandchildren. Uh, touch my brothers and sisters and their families and loved ones. Uh, touch the body of Christ all over today in every place, uh, in every home, oh God. Uh, I thank you, Jesus, again this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. David says in Psalms 25, Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Oh, my God, oh, my God, I trust in Thee. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Unto Thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul, oh my God, oh my God, I trust in thee, yes, I trust in thee, let me not be ashamed, let not mine enemies triumph over me. Let none that way on thee be ashamed. Let none that way on thee be ashamed. Oh, my God, oh, my God, I trust in thee. Let me not be ashamed, let not mine enemies triumph over me. Well, show me thy way, Lord, teach me thy paths, show me thy way. Lord, teach me thy paths, oh my God, oh my God, I trust in thee, yes, I trust in thee, let me not be ashamed, let not mine enemies triumph over me, Unto thee, O Lord, unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in thee. 
Let me not be ashamed. Let not mine enemies triumph over me. God, I thank you this morning. Oh, I give you my soul. I give you my all, oh God. Oh, I praise you. I magnify you. I glorify you. You are God and you are God alone. And I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Bible says, sing to yourself psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. singing and make melody in your heart unto the Lord. Amen. As you sing the Word of God, you find out that you're hiding the Word of God in your heart. And when you're going through things in your life and you feel like you're discouraged, amen, all you have to do is begin to sing those songs. Amen. And it will make a difference in your life. Praise God. We invite you with us today. We ask you to, to stay with us. Praise God. As we go into our discipleship this morning, we've been talking about the epistles of John, and we've been uh, talking uh, from 1 John. Amen. And John tells us, amen, four reasons why he has written uh, this epistle to the church. And he tells us that the first reason he has written this book is to add joy Amen. Add to our joy. Amen. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And so, therefore, the Word of God added to that joy will give you even more joy. Amen. God is God of joy. The joy came with the Holy Ghost. The second reason, he said, was to guard them against sin. Amen. Once we are born again, we have to avoid sin. Amen. Even though sin is in the world, we should not be partakers of it. We have Christ in us, which is the hope of glory, which can help us to avoid from doing wrong things. The third reason, he says, is to warn us against false teachers. And then the fourth reason is to strengthen their faith in Christ, amen, to ensure them of eternal life. And so that's where I want to pick up again this morning here at the end of first john chapter 3 uh in verse 24 you know it, as i said last week god has us in this holding pattern here for some reason because he there's something uh that you might need to hear or, or something you might need to know or maybe it's for me as i always said you know there's always for me first as the minister of the gospel of jesus christ so now, we have already seen, amen, John has told us who are the children of God. Those that do not right is, uh, is not God or work righteousness. And those who love not his brother, we saw that, that those are not the people of God. And then verse 18, he tells us, my little children, let us not love in word only, but we got need to love in deeds and actions uh, and truth. Amen. Our conduct, how we love each other, must be according to the Word of God. And now I want to jump down to verse 24 this morning and look at that before we go over into the fourth chapter. John says here at the end of First John chapter 3, verse 24, And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him. And hereby we know that he abides in us by the Spirit which he hath given unto us. Now notice what John says here, that he that keepeth the commandments dwelleth in him. 
You have to keep the Word of God, amen, in order to stay in Christ. You cannot just be a, uh, once or twice or uh, three times a year you go to church uh, or you decide you want to open the Bible sometimes. The Word of God has got to be a daily part of your life. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.15, he says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. He told him also in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. Amen. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12. He says, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer and word and conversation and charity and spirit and faith and purity until I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine, continue in these things. Amen. Verse 14. Neglect not the gift that is given thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbyter. Verse 15. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly unto them, that thy profiting may appear unto all. Verse 16. Amen. Take heed to thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this, thou shalt both save thy soul, self, and everyone that hears it from you. So you've got to stay in the word of God. You've got to open the Bible. You can't call yourself a Christian and not read the Word of God. You cannot say that I know Jesus, I'm born again, and you're swearing and you're cursing and you're using the name of the Lord in vain. It's because you're not reading the Word of God. David says in Psalms 119 verse 11, Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. We have got to hold to God's unchanging hand. We've got to have the Word of God within us. Uh, David goes on in Psalms 19, verse 7. He says, The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. And the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover, by them are your servants worn, and keeping of them is a great reward. So we've got to have the Word of God. We've got to get into the Word of God. Amen. The Word of God is designed to strengthen us, to guide us, to lead us, uh, because we understand that Jesus is the Word of God, and the Word is God. Amen. And so we've got to understand that if we get the Word of God in us, uh, then we abide in Him. I can't say that I'm abiding in Him and I don't know the Word. Amen. Who's going to believe you that you're a Christian and you don't know the Word of God? Amen. It's sad that people go to church, but yet they don't have a clue what's in the Word of God. 
They don't have a clue of the stories. Uh, some people that call themselves Christians don't know what books is in the Old Testament and what's in the New Testament. They don't know if Moses built the ark or Noah built the ark. Amen. They don't know if Moses led the people out of Egypt or if Noah led the people out of Egypt. But you, my brothers and sisters, which are under the sound of my voice, uh, your life is wrapped up in this book called the Bible. It is the basic instructions uh, before leaving this earth. Amen. You have got to get into the Word of God. Uh, if you're discouraged, uh, all you've got to do is read the Word of God. There's a song out there that the guy, I can't think of his name right off the top of my head, he was talking about in his song how discouraged he was, how low down he was, how bad he felt. Uh, he didn't seem to have any hope uh, in his life. Uh, but then all of a sudden, uh, the name of the song is, uh, I've read the red letters. Uh, in other words, uh, I turned to the Gospels. Uh, and everywhere in the Bible that was printed in red, uh, it says uh, that Jesus had said it. Uh, and he realized, uh, after reading the red letters, uh, he realized uh, he had hope. Uh, he had faith. Uh, he had encouragement. He had enthusiasm of everything he needed uh, and was looking for he found in the red letters uh, because God is the Word uh, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us uh, and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Praise God. So John says, uh, and he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him and he in him. Notice. The commandments, Jesus rolls them up. And two, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. You know, what I have found in my studies, the, the what is known as the golden rule, Matthew seven twelve. Do unto others as thou will have them do unto you. When you do that and you practice that, you will find that everything rolls up into that. Because the way you treat people is the same way you should want it to be treated yourself. You wouldn't want somebody to steal from you. You wouldn't want someone to lie on you. You wouldn't want somebody to talk bad about you. So the same principles, you don't want to do that either. So with that, if we follow the commandments of God and do what God is asking of us to do, then we dwell in Him and in Him in us. John goes on and says, Hereby we know that he abide in us by the Spirit which has been given to us. Amen. Notice, the Spirit. This is what Paul says in Romans 8 and 9. Paul says in Romans 8 and verse 9, But you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. 
See, so the only way you're going to know that Christ is in you is by the Spirit of God. How did they know that they had the Spirit? Well, if you look at the end of Acts chapter 10, when Peter and their entourage went to Cornelius' house, amen. Let's go there real quick to Acts chapter 10. Let me read the end. Start around verse 44, I think it is. Let me get there. You guys are Bible thumpers. Y'all are probably already there before me. Amen. Starting with verse 44, it says, in, in the story, you know, Peter was sent by God to Cornelius' house. Cornelius was a devout man, the Bible says, at the beginning of the chapter. Hold your spot where you are. Amen. Let me let me read a little bit here in verse, verse 1 and verse 10. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band, called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming into him and said to him, Cornelius, and when he had looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodged with, the, with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou ought to do. Now most people would read that. Amen. Or most people would look at Cornelius' life and think that Cornelius is already saved because he's good, he's praying, he's doing all the things that seem to be what is right. But God tells him that he need to send to Peter, amen, the Joppa for Peter, and Peter would tell him what he needed to do. And Peter comes to Cornelius' house, and as he enters Cornelius' house, Cornelius bend down, but Peter takes him by the hand and lift him up and tell him, I'm a man just like thee. But Peter begins to preach about Jesus Christ. And the word began to say that while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision which believed was astonished uh, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnifying God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost uh, as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then Peter prayed, then prayed they him to tarry a few days. You see, notice here how they says, they had received the Holy Ghost just like they did. When did they receive the Holy Ghost? Well, you would have to go back to Acts chapter 2. Amen. That's why in Acts chapter 2, verse 1 says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and one place, and suddenly there came from heaven 
as of a Russian money wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as a fire and is set upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, and began to speak with other tongues, uh, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, notice, uh, at the beginning of the Pentecost, the creation of the New Testament church, uh, the evidence uh, of being filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, where they spoke with other tongues uh, as the Spirit of God gave them the utterance. Uh, and that's why you see in Acts 10, uh, when Peter goes to Cornelius' house, uh, and he began to preach about Jesus Christ, it said the Holy Ghost fell on all of them. Amen. That believed, uh, and the believers that went with Peter, amen, was confound to a degree because they heard them speak with tongues. Uh, and they says, amen, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, uh, which has received the Holy Ghost as well as we? The evidence uh, that they had received the Holy Ghost uh, was they began to speak with other tongues uh, as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Uh, so if the Spirit of God is in you, amen, then you know that God dwells in you. Praise God. And we dwell in Him if we keep His commandments. Go to John the Gospel of John, chapter 15. John chapter 15, starting with verse 9. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. You remember in, in 1335, Jesus says, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. So he says, Continue you in my love. God is love. Amen. The, 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 we've got to be moved and controlled by love. Loving God and loving our brothers as ourselves. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Remember what John says, one of the reasons he was writing his letters? so that he could add to our faith, our joy. Amen. He wants to add to our joy. So Jesus says, these things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. See? And that your joy might be full. Your joy in the Lord should be running over if the Spirit of God is in you. If God is dwelling in you, you have no business being depressed. Uh, you have no business being discouraged. You have no business being downtrodden. Because greater is he that's in you 
than he that is in the world. You've got all power in heaven and earth dwelling inside of you. Amen. You don't need to be discouraged about the coronavirus. You don't have to be discouraged. God is with you. God is in you. God will lead you. God will guide you. He wants your joy to be full. And if you continue in his commandments, your joy is going to be full because the love of God is inside of you. That's why Paul says, who shall separate me from the love of God? Shall tribulations, or distress, or persecutions, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? He says, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter. Nay, and all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither life, nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Amen. My joy is always going to be full. My joy is always going to run over. I don't care about the coronavirus. I don't care what's happening with it. Amen. I got a God who with his angels is watching over me. He will give his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. Amen. God is with me. And if I die from this thing called the coronavirus, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I've been living for 30-something years this way to one day to dance on the streets of goals and walk through the gates of pearls. And I pray that that's the same attitude you have and you're going with me. This world is not your home. Praise God. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Keep him in you so that your joy will be full. Hallelujah. Man, God is good. Amen. We have seen, John says, and we know him. And we are in him. Because he's the truth. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Hallelujah. He was full of grace and truth. Now, John takes us again keeping in mind what John has already told us he wrote this gospel for us epistle for us now we want to hit the fourth chapter the fourth chapter first John chapter 4 for a few minutes today he goes on he says beloved believe not every spirit but try the spirits whether they are of God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know we the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of the Antichrist, where ye have heard that it shall come, and even now already is in the world. Notice here. The warning 
The third reason John says he had wrote us this gospel was to guard us against false teachers and false prophets. You see, so notice what he says. Everyone that confesses that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh is not of God. See, a lot of people don't believe in the resurrection. They're somewhat like the Sadducees. As I told you, they were Sadducee because they did not believe in the resurrection, nor did they believe in angels. So see, but there's going to be false teachers. There's going to be false prophets in the world in these last days. We've already been told that. Jesus told us in Matthew, amen, uh, chapter 24, he says, In the last days uh, many shall come in my name, I said, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Amen. There's a lot of people that call themselves ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I come to tell you today, there are false teachers. There are false prophets of God. Amen. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, if you go there real quick with me, Matthew chapter 7, amen, starting with verse 13, I mean, 15, excuse me, 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep clothing, but are inward. They are raven wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree Bring it forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit. Neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Everyone that bringeth not forth good fruit is hold down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruit you shall know them. Amen. So John says we need to test the spirit to see if it's of God. And Jesus tell us how we can test it. He says, you will know them by their fruit. People say all the time, oh, you're not supposed to judge people. No, we don't judge. Amen. Lest we be judged. But God has given me a yardstick. God has gave me something that I can measure truth from error. And he says, by their fruit, you will know them. I'm going to look for the fruit of the Spirit to see if whoever's teaching, whoever's preaching, whoever's prophesying, I'm going to look at their lives to see if it's measuring up with the fruit of the Spirit. Do they have love for God? Do they have love for one another? Is they walking in peace? Do they have the joy of the Lord? Do they have patience with people? Are they gentle? Are they kind? Do they, are they humble? Do they have faith in God and God's ability? Do they have self-control within themselves? Amen. The fruit will bear fruit of the tree. Jesus says, I am the good vine, and my Father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. But every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it so that it can bring forth more 
fruit. Amen. So we have that yardstick to measure the fruit to determine if people are true and false. And then Jesus says in John thirteen thirty five, by this love shall all men know you are my disciples. So I'm checking it. I'm looking for it. Praise God. There's a thing going around today in the world. Amen. People are trying to say now that you don't have to obey and, and live according to the Old Testament. You know, that should send you up some red flags. Amen. That if they saying that you don't need to obey. Amen. The Old Testament. Jesus says, I did not come to destroy the law and the prophets. I come to fulfill. In other words, I come to enlighten, to bring you understanding of what my word had already said. Because so many people had gone away from what God's word had said. They had gotten away from living according to the principles of God. And so Jesus says, I come to make it known. I come to make it plain. And I come to make it clear. That's why he said to the prophet Habakkuk, write the vision. Make it plain. So that they that see it, that read it, will run. Amen. We need to know the Word of God. As I said earlier, we've got to hide the Word of God in our hearts. If not, we will be deceived. Paul told the church at Ephesus in the fourth chapter and the eleventh through the fifteenth verse, he says, God has given some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, until we all come into the unity of the faith, to the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the fullness of the statues of Christ, that we be no more children tossed about with every wind of doctrine, wherein they lie in wait to the seed, but grow up into him who is the head, which is Jesus Christ. Amen. We need to be able to identify false teachers. Paul told Timothy and Second Timothy three sixteen and 17, he says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions in righteousness, that the man of God shall be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Peter writes in Second Peter 1, 20 and 21, he said, knowing this, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, but holy men of God spake as they was moved by the Holy Ghost. So if somebody coming to tell you that you don't need the Old Testament now, you better push them aside. You need to put an X over them. You need to mark them, Paul says, because they're going to deceive you and lead you astray. Paul says all Scripture are inspired by God, and they're profitable for doctrine for instructions and corrections and reproof and righteousness. Their scriptures are designed to teach us how to do what is right. And you remember what John says in 1 John 3.10, if you don't do right, you're not of God. Stay with me. 
praise God. Jesus was constantly saying to the Sadducees and the Pharisees and the scribes, have you not read? You know, you need to read the Word. You need to hide the Word. You need to study the Word. If not, you're going to be deceived. Amen. Most people think that they can still be in the world. They think they can disco and electric side and pop and dips and all this other stuff uh, and call themselves Christians. Drink a little moon here, a little shine there, a little Jack Black there, a little wine, ripple. They think they can drink a case of a beer and still call themselves Christians. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you to myself. You can't be pulling the one-armed bandit. Amen. Playing gambling and Russian roulette with your money. Amen. Trying to get rich instant. Praise God. That thing is going to slip up on you and you're going to find yourself without the Lord. Amen. You shall know the truth, Jesus says, and the truth shall make you free. Amen. John says, don't believe every spirit. You need to try the spirits, whether they be of God, because many false prophets is gone into the world. And this is that spirit of the Antichrist who confessed that Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh. Praise God. You've got a yardstick that you can test these things with. Amen. We know him because he's in us. <laughs> yeah, I, if God is truly in you, you're not going to be doing what the world does. If God is truly in you, you're going to come out from among them and be separate. Amen. Unless you are being led astray by false teachers and false doctrine. Amen. So John says, amen, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try them. Test them. Amen. I'm not going to let anybody lead me astray. I'm going to keep my mind stayed upon Jesus. Uh, amen. Jesus said, beware of false prophets which come to you in sheepskins, but inward they are raving wolves. Uh, you're going to know them by their fruits. Uh, amen. And Matthew chapter 16, Matthew chapter 16, verse 6, verse 12. Matthew chapter 16, verse 6 to 12. Let me, let me read a little bit of verse 2 down to verse 5 first. He answered and said unto them, well, let's go to verse 1. The Pharisees, they were spared, you see. They was controlled by pride and hypocrisy. Also, with the Sadducees, came and tempted, desiring him that he would show them a sign from heaven. Now, we know from listening to the Scriptures and reading the Scriptures, Jesus says believers don't follow signs, but signs follow the believers. 
Amen. Verse 2, he answered and said unto them, When it is evening, you say, It will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and luring. O ye hypocrites, you can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and idolatrous generation seek after a sign, and there shall no signs be given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonah. Notice what was the sign of Jonah. As Jonah was three days and three nights in the earth, so was the Son of Man three days and three nights in the earth. Now notice verse 5. And when the disciples was come to the other side, they had forgot to take bread. Then Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, said, It is because we have taken no bread. Which when Jesus perceived, he said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves, because ye have brought no bread? Do you yet not understand, neither remember the five loaves and the five thousand, and how many baskets you took up? Neither the seven loaves and the four thousand, and how many baskets you took up? How is it? that you do not understand that I speak it not to you concerning bread, that you should beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Then understood they how they had baited them, not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Amen. So you can see Jesus was warning them of false teachers and this passage. And we're going to get into this uh, next week. So I pray that you will join with me because we're going to talk about this leaven so that we can understand true prophets and false prophets and false teachers so that when you're out and about uh, and you're sitting in a church, uh, you will be able to discern truth from error. So we're going to take about a 15-minute break here. And at 10.30, we will start our evangelistic portion. So I pray that you will join back with us for that as well. Father, we thank you again this morning for your grace and love. Bless your people with your word this day. In Jesus' name, amen.